You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. The Rewrap. Oh, good day there, and welcome to the Rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a Cilia package. I am Glenn Hart, and uh, today, uh, Assange is back in the headlines yet again, even though he still hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, We're going to rank the US presidents. Uh, You might be surprised who comes out last. And uh, Mike's morning routine. We're going to peel back the curtains and let the the dawn in on that. But before any of that, a little word on Grant Robertson's resignation. Several questions you can ask, I suppose, about Grant Robertson bailing now. One, why not on the night or shortly afterwards? He seemed to give some sort of indication post-election, you might remember. He could hang around for a while to see how things were travelling, but the clue was there late last year when he pretended that you couldn't be a finance minister and an electorate MP at the same time, despite having been a finance minister and an electorate MP at the same time for years. I watched him this year at Question Time. He's fired a couple of probing inquiries to Nicola Willis, but the gusto, the wit, the energy, the joie de vivre is well and truly gone. In fact, the year's gone out of the tyres of the whole party. They look flat and bored and bewildered, and with eight press releases so far and a poll that has Hipkins dropping 10% in the preferred Prime Minister, uh, they look completely lost. Some of that's to be expected, I guess. I mean, they got hammered, they got rejected, they got a message from over an approach to life, I suspect, that came as a genuine shock to some of the more bewildered within the party. But the main question you have to ask is, when you look at Robertson and his uh, tenure, who wrecked the economy most? There's your question. Who wrecked the economy most, Muldoon or Robertson? As much as National are playing to the crowd over what they've been left with, it's actually real. And in some cases, it's dangerous. This country is in a number of fiscal areas. It's in a shocking state. And that is on the former finance minister. His co-conspirator, Mr. Dern, you will note, long gone, never to be questioned again. So in that respect, I suppose you could say he deserves an element of credit for hanging around the place to watch the outworkings of the vote. But politicians are measured in legacy and records. The ultimate aim, of course, is to leave the place better off than when you found it. The reality for Grant Robertson is so far from that, it's tragic. He will defend some of it, uh, because some of it's ideological, but whether it's pipes, trains, ferries, debt, welfare, the numbers don't lie, and the numbers are desperate. He softened it with his wit, his humour and his personality, as I've said many, many times. I always liked him, I enjoyed talking to him, but let the record show the Grant Robertson era was as ruinous as any you will ever see. Well, I guess that's one way to uh, write your name into the history books, I suppose. Make sure nobody ever forgets you. The rewrap. Uh, it's a, 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 in terms of polarising figures, it's hard to go past Julian Assange. Um, it's pretty clear where Mike sits on uh, his particular side of history. I guess the um, sort of I get the sense that no one stopped and asked themselves just what it is they're doing meddling in the Julian Assange case. Media unions, if you're not up on this from all over the world, have joined the bandwagon looking and wanting charges against him to be dropped. This follows an extraordinary vote in the Australian Parliament the other week, asking essentially the same thing. And it all boils down to the idea that Assange has been in prison long enough. My question, says who? And do the who have jurisdictional power over any of it? The answer obviously is no, they don't. A delegation from Australia went to Washington last year to lobby for a similar result. Penny Wong has been in Britain twisting arms of the establishment there. Here's how the judicial process works last time I looked. You get charged with something and a court case is held. The Americans want a word with Assange over an espionage 
quite a serious crime. Now, it is true to say this has been going on for years, but that is mainly because Assange has spent a lot of time trying not to get extradited to the States to face the questions. He was holed up, of course, in the embassy. He got dragged out and stuck in jail, where he's since spent no small amount of time appealing decisions to boot him out of Britain. So far, he's losing the argument. Now enter the Australian Parliament, who have no authority over the British court system whatsoever, and none over the American one. Think They think somehow that no longer counts, because Assange has done his time. Unions are even more absurd in their desire to run courts. Assange will have done his time when the courts, whether in Britain or America, decide he's done his time. The move, especially from the Parliament, sets a very dangerous precedent, I would have thought, one, because it opens it up to any old case where you feel a bit sorry for the poor sod in jail, and two, it runs the very real risk of the Americans getting quite upset that some art-stark country thinks she can be bullied around. Of course, if Assange was so confident he had done nothing, he could have fast-tracked the whole process, got a lawyer, argued his case stateside, and he wouldn't be in Belmarsh on yet another appeal. We have courts for a reason, because if we didn't, Every old Tom, Dick, Juno and politician might decide they know how to run the system. Yeah, it's not a bad way of looking at it, is it, I suppose? Um, you know, whether you are for or against whatever Assange uh, was trying to achieve uh, by leaking secret documents, uh, I guess we all sort of agreed to live in a certain legal system and abide by the way it works, haven't we? The rewrap. Now, uh, speaking of America, where Assange may or may not eventually end up, uh, the people in charge of it have been ranked, sort of like a billboard top 100. Just before we leave America, the 2024 Presidential Greatness Project Expert Survey is out. 500 members more than of the American Political Science Association are ranked presidents throughout the ages, and the greatest president of all time is, according to them anyway, with a rating out of 100, a rating of 93.87, was Lincoln. Roosevelt was second. Washington third. Roosevelt, as in Teddy, was fourth. So you're down at 78%. Uh, in the modern era, they rank Obama at 73, and in at number seven, the seventh best president of all time. Biden is 14th. So already you're starting to go, whatever. Herbert Walker, 19. W, 32. Nixon, 35. Beats Hoover, Tyler, Taylor, Fillmore. You're getting into names, you're going, who? But Nixon, I mean, Nixon, I don't know if they remember, but Nixon was a crook. Anyway, they've got him in at 35. Yeah, but there haven't been that many. There's only been 46. So, Well, that is that is true. But 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 the name of the Taylor, the Fillmore's Harding, Harrison, Pierce, Johnson, Buchanan... At number 45 is Trump, the worst president ever, with a score of 10.92. Make that what you will. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth um, looking up, actually, this uh, report. So they basically, you know, presidential, the, the political historians were, were polled, and, and, and they regularly are. And these are people of all political uh, leanings, not just lefties, liberals. Uh, but there are conservative ones in there as well. Uh, the conservative ones uh, still had Trump at the, at the bottom. So, um, and still had Biden just ahead of him. So, yeah, anyway. Make of the, like Mike says, make of that what you will. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. 
And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Rewrap. Time to uh, change tack uh, quite dramatically here. I think this might be the point where the show started to go off the rails this morning. Mike, can you do the sit down, stand up with no hands? Google if not familiar. Yes, I can. Uh, that's well known, and that's well worth doing, by the way. Just sit on the floor and get up without using your hands. Doesn't matter how you get up, just get up without using your hands and get up. And then once you've done that, get up and get down and get up and get down and get up and get down. That's a thing. So you got no chairs at your house either? Chairs nothing, are important. No, nothing out of packets and no chairs? No, chairs you can use because the other thing you do, just sit in a chair, straight up and down, sit in a chair. Can you get up and get down, get up and get down? No hands, just get up and get down, get up and get down. You'd be surprised how hard it is. Uh, so how long do you clean your teeth for, Mike? Very good question. Uh, three minutes is the answer, and that's programmed on the um, on the toothbrush. So, so, I've got, so what, what do you do for the other nah, minute good, and 40 Very, seconds? very good question. So in the morning what happens is I've had my espresso, and so what happens is I start and I walk initially to the kitchen, put my espresso cup in the dishwasher, then I come back and stand on one leg for 40 seconds, then I stand on the other leg for 40 seconds. By that time you're talking about two minutes. Then I go turn the fan off. and then by So the this time, is all with a toothbrush in your mouth? All, all while brushing my teeth. <laughs> So, it's so, so you're just keeping all that go- go- googly gobbly stuff all, 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 all contained in your no, mouth, and it doesn't no, dribble out. It's anywhere. not that bad because I'm constantly. So, no. I feel like I've spent my whole life as a parent saying, "Don't walk around the house with the toothbrush in your mouth," because no. apart from anything, you could trip over and have an eye out. You um, haven't scraped your tongue first thing in the morning. Clearly, you need to scrape your tongue first thing in the morning. That gets rid of all the um, the the the, the, the ugh that comes out of you in the night. If you don't take this on board and live to 100, I've wasted my time. To which I always respond, why do you want to live to 100 if that's your lifestyle? Sitting on the floor. The rewrap. You know what I mean? That didn't end there either. Uh, Mike, don't put the brush underwater. I would have thought this is obvious. Less goop, no spill. Lynn, this is top advice. I would have thought everybody knew that. The last thing you do at the start is... um, put the uh, toothbrush and toothpaste under the water. But I've got my special toothpaste, of course, because Glenn, I won't bore you with the details, but Glenn supplies me with my toothpaste. Uh, it's an unusual toothpaste. Glenn makes it at home, and it's got a, he's got his own recipe, and he puts some interesting stuff in it, and I, I order tubes of it, lots and lots of tubes yeah, I, of it. So I feel partially responsible now for this whole yeah. Goop Talk ZB that we've got going this morning. I think I'm hooked on it. I think I'm hooked on it. It's called Glengate. After Colgate. It isn't. It's actually called Clin Pro 5000. You, you get it from the Smile Store. Um, I'm not saying this is a bit of free advertising for my wife. It's just that, you know, should you want to know, it's, <laughs> that's what he's talking about. But I, and as great as it may be, I'm certainly not brushing with it dry. I'm sorry. I'm glooping it up. And on that disgusting note, uh, I'm going to finish the podcast. Um, I do believe that was the 3,000th uh, rewrap. So um, congratulations mostly to you. Uh, if you've listened to all 3,000 of them, I mean, I certainly haven't, and I make them. I'll see you back here again for 3,001 tomorrow. The rewrap. The rewrap.
For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.